The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah. Welcome to a special edition. It is your boy Jay Spence the King. And I am back for the second time. And I have a special guest joining me today. The one and the only Lorenzo Alexander. Uh, kind of sprung this up last minute because I feel like within the Buffalo Bills fan base community, within the Bills Mafia community, There is a ton of overreaction regarding the defense, regarding the last two losses. And I feel that Zoe is a member of the community that, you know, obviously being a newly retired player, um, I I feel like fans still value his opinion and value the things that he says. And, you know, he can give us perspective being, you know, just removed from the game as well as, you know, how he sees the film and how he sees – you know, all the things that we try to critique and we say, you know, yeah, the bills are this or the, the run defense is that, you know. So just to get a, a different perspective from an actual NFL player to, to come in and, and be candid with us. So uh, Zoe has been that with me in the past and he's he's again, he's like that again today. So uh, I, I do thank Zoe for, for taking the time out to, to join me early yesterday and now this morning you'll hear it. Um Listen, Zoe's a great guy. Zoe's a great guy. So uh, I'm going to jump right into it. Before I do, I do want to say, because this is out now at 10 a.m., right before the game. So the game starts at 1. Um, I am fully expecting a dominant performance. Last week on the hot, on the Hump Day Hotline with Joe, I said, listen, I don't care if it's a 45-10 to 10 win. I don't care if it's 21-3. to 3. Um, And Zoe actually said something very similar, which shocked me, but... Um, I, I want to see a dominant performance. So I just want to see us win on all three phases of the game. Special teams, we should be, it, we should start the game or every, we should average good starting field position. Um, defensively, I don't want to see Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco do anything spectacular. You know, if they might have a, a play here or there, fine. But as far as seeing them actually resemble an actual NFL offense, I don't want to see that because they don't have weapons. They don't have, 
and, and I'm not saying this to diminish or to talk bad about the players on the Jets roster, but when you look at them and you're honest about it, they don't have threats that scare you. Starting the season off, they had Le'Veon Bell, but they didn't have an offensive line to really help him. You know, they didn't they didn't protect him properly. They didn't provide holes from the run through. And now he's gone. So another thing that I said is that if Frank Gore averages anything over three yards a carry tomorrow or today, if he averages more than three yards a carry, I promise you, I will, you will not want to listen to Dakota Connick this week. I will be insufferable if Frank Gore averages more than three yards a carry. He couldn't. I'm not going to go on my Frank Gore rant. I love Frank Gore. I love his career. I love who he is as a guy. Last year on the Bills, he just didn't cut it. And at this point of his career, I get that the, the running joke is that he's like, you know, he's ageless. He doesn't age. Listen, it's time. I, I, I know it's close. He might be able to be in the NFL when his son is in the NFL. It's not. I just sometimes it's time to hang it up. I say the same thing about Shady and I love Shady. Everybody knows how much I love Shady. He just can't cut on a dime like he used to. And he, they were joking about it when when we had the retirement ceremony during halftime. Uh, you know, they were joking about it like, you know, Shady, if you can't cut on a dime, it's a young man's game. You got to get that up. It, listen, sometimes it's time to let these young guys come in and do that thing. And New York Jets, they actually have a young guy. Perrine, I believe is his name. I have to look up the correct way to pronounce it. But he's a heck of a back. He's not first round, second round talent. No, but you know, he's serviceable and he can do some things out of that backfield. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing the game in general. I, I think it's a it's it's a game that's needed for Bills fans right now. Um, the energy across Bills Mafia just doesn't seem to be as positive naturally as it was the first four weeks when we went 4-0. But there's still a lot of things to be excited about about this football team. Um, Josh Allen is still in the conversation for MVP, rightly so. And not just because of the first four weeks. One of the things that I saw from Josh Allen in the last two games, regardless of how the rest of the team looked or regardless of how, what the score was towards the end of the game, Josh Allen does not quit. And he's a fighter and he's a leader. And he, listen, he is a great leader. And then you couple that with Stefan Diggs, who, again, wants to win. And he's a leader. These guys were, these guys were, rallying the team together to try and come back and win that game. It was just a little too late. But Josh Allen is a phenomenal leader. He's a phenomenal quarterback. There's a reason why since he's come into the league, he leads the league or tied for most fourth quarter comeback victories. There's a reason. Josh Allen is special. And while none of us thought that this was going to be the version of Josh Allen we saw this year, it's a lot to be excited about. So, like I said, I, I had a good time talking with Lorenzo Alexander today. We're going to talk right now. I'll, I'll get right into it so you can all hear everything they had to say about relax, calm down. It's a good. We're in a good spot. We're still one in the division, four and two. Josh Allen. We got guys that's injured coming back. It's a lot of good stuff in here. So, hope you guys enjoy it before the game. And go Bills. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have, a, as promised, a special guest joining me this morning, Mr. Lorenzo Alexander, uh, one of my favorite, especially as of late, one of my favorite um, retired Buffalo Bills members. How's it going this morning, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just out here in Phoenix, uh, enjoying the nice weather here. It's nice out in Buffalo. Um, 
And other than that, man, just getting ready for these flag football games today. Yeah, I just got back from Buffalo last week, and uh, when I was out there, it wasn't it wasn't nice. And now I'm I'm back in Phoenix, like you, and it's like, oh, y'all getting seventy degree weather when I'm back in Phoenix, man. What happened? Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy how that weather works up that way. Yeah, yeah. So you got some flag football games going on. You, you're coaching those, or yeah, yeah, coaching help my um, the coaches out with my kids. So both of my sons play. So it's been fun just to get out there, help other kids uh, get better, and uh, just um, kind of uh, get my feet wet in coaching. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool, man. Um, I got to with with COVID, you know, this year has just been weird. So I really I haven't even ha- gotten the chance to have the full Phoenix experience yet. So I'm just uh, right. looking forward to to kind of seeing everything and, and getting getting involved with everything. But uh, but listen, man, I got you on because obviously uh, so we play the Jets and and it's a week where a lot of fans feel like this is a good week to play the Jets. Right. Um, but so before we really talk about the Jets, though, you know, so we talked a little bit over the summer and, you know, you had some good things to say looking forward to this season. And, you know, I, I think most fans did. Um, right now we're four and two. We're one in the division, number one in the division. Um, right. What is what are your feelings currently right now, aside from everything else that, you know, we're going to touch on? But um, what are your feelings overall about this year's version of the Buffalo Bills? Um, I've liked what I've seen for the most part. Um, obviously, we'll get into it a little bit, but there's been some, uh, I guess, some flaws here and there that have popped up that need to be corrected if you want to be able to win the division. But overall, I really like the talent, like the guys, like the way they've been flying around and hunting up. Even through adversity, you don't see um, things coming out in the media or, you know, a chaotic sideline. And I think that really speaks to the culture and the foundation that is been implemented and installed over the last three seasons. And so I'm, I'm still excited. Um, this team is right where it needs to be and what people need to understand every year, every Super Bowl champion goes through some type of diversity and you can go back through each year, whether it was injuries, whether it was some drama with, you know, a trade or a player, whether it was losing some uh, multiple games in a row. Um, those teams had to endure that, had to overcome it. And so even with, these hiccups of of late had, doesn't have me worried. Um, not at this point because I know I know the men in that those that room, coaches and players, and they'll get this thing uh, right and in, in going back in the right direction. Okay, yeah, and and well, I've been one, and I don't know if you've. I know sometimes you kind of see what goes on on Twitter and what and what doesn't, but um, I've been one. I've been a very big supporter of Leslie Frazier. Obviously, uh, yeah. I think he's a great coach. I, I think obviously, you know he's a defensive coordinator at this moment, but even as a head coach, I think he's just a great, I think he's a great guy. Um, right. As far as some of the hiccups that, that you kind of just alluded to there on defense, which you being a, a leader of the team when you were here. And now, obviously I still, I'm sure um, the team still kind of looks at you as a leader in the locker room, even though you're not physically there. Um, the, the hiccups that we have on defense, would you consider that to be just, you know, it's early in the season and we just got some things to work out. Is it is it more of a, yeah. a scheme change due to, you know, because we did move some pieces around. We we have, for the most part, um, the core defense that we've had. But, you know, right. there are some new pieces and everything. So as far as talent and all that, do you think it's a scheme thing? Is it just, you know, I know that the, yeah. the answer is execution, but I mean. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. I mean, obviously not having an off season OTAs. Even though you had a core group of young, talented players that were coming back on that team, you do have um, the, the 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 insertion of several uh, pieces 
um, at every level. Um, you know, you think about AJ Klein, you think about Mario Addison, Quentin Jefferson, uh, you know, the guys up front, um, think about Josh Norman on the back end. There's a lot of pieces and yes, it may only be, you know, you're talking about four, four guys or five guys, but I mean, that's half of right. your defense, depending on who's out there at that time. And so, there is a huge difference from year to year in the NFL where people have to understand because of free agency that you can't necessarily rely on what you did last year. Yeah, top five, okay, the last couple of years. But, yeah, that, that third season, you can't rely on those last two. And so you have to continually be able to adapt and bring in talent to help keep that standard. And because of OTAs and, and the way training camp went and the lack of preseason, there's really – a lack of time to kind of codify and kind of come together so that you are executing at a, at a certain level. Um, you know, now with that said, everybody's had to deal with it. I think you've seen defenses around the league generally probably not play as well or to the standard um, that you're traditionally doing early on. You have some outliers, obviously, that are just, you know, the, the Ravens, the Steelers, they're just perennial great top five defenses that have probably been able to overcome and even to their standard may be a, a little bit of a dip. So it's just, it's part of the game. It's part of this season and teams are going to have to overcome that. And when I watch the games, it's not stuff that can't be corrected. And because I've been in the locker room, I know it's not necessarily coaching. And so I know as a player, when I played, I needed those reps to be able to have my eyes right, my feet right and not, second guess myself or, you know, uh, think I saw something, but really just going back to my keys and foundation and reps do matter. Um, and so some things may flare up just because you haven't had the rep set to really, uh, solidify, um, your foundation and, and what you want to be as a player and as a defense, you know, you know, in, in these regards. Yeah. So, and, and one of the, so with that being said about the defense and the, like you said, reps do matter. Um, so normally every year, at least what it looks like to fans or to me every year, it seems like at the start of the year, the defense is actually by far ahead of the offense. And this year was a little opposite. It looks like, um, at least around the league, it looks like offenses are clicking. You know, we got guys, I mean, Josh Allen, we can talk about our own guy. Um, he, he, he came out and he's looking like, I don't think anybody imagined that he would come out this season yeah, looking right, the way right. he looked. Um, does it, I, I know what you just said and everything, but does it, does it concern not just with the bills, but around the league, does it kind of concern you that that defense in general seems to be um, just not there? Um, No. I mean, again, it goes back to, you know, kind of what I said, not having that rep count and, and, and yeah, you can just fly around and hit people on defense, but defense is more reactive. You've got to communicate. If you don't have great communication, if you haven't been out there talking to guys, constantly working on those communication habits um you mess up it's a big play on offense you know outside of maybe the offensive line if you run the wrong route as a receiver and maybe you're the fourth option nobody knows because the ball ain't even coming to you i'm going over to my number one or number two option i haven't even gotten through my progression so it's not as uh apparent when offenses may be off when you when you think about it in that regards well if you have a defensive lineman or one linebacker or one corner not operating. Nine touchdown. times out of ten, it's a touchdown. Somebody's looking him up, and it's a big play at least, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think those are the differences in, in the way just um, how 
both sides of the ball work where offensively, like I said, unless the old lineman just whiffs a guy, most of the time it's not going to be a catastrophe where defensively, if somebody's out of position, um, it will. And then also offensively, you know where you're going. It's, it, most of the time, you, yeah. I mean, it's predetermined. Yes, there are some levels of it to where is it single high, is it split safety, I may break off my route. But you understand where you're going versus defense. You have a gap, but you still have to react to what right. you see in front of you, uh, which is much harder to do when you have linemen pulling. Is it play action? You just have more things to defend versus a receiver or a lineman who know I'm blocking on this play. It's not like I got to see is, you know, dropping or not. Yeah, he may blitz, he may not. I can help out, but it's not like a big difference as far as you being in coverage or coming up to play the run. Right. And like you said, it's, it's, it's completely reactive. And, and now right. um, with the with defenses being more exotic now, you have offenses. And I'm sure I mean, they've always game planned against defenses. But one thing that I'm noticing now when watching um, like the all 22 this season and then comparing things to kind of last season, I'm seeing how teams are starting to really kind of have a game plan for Tremaine Edmonds. And I know that he's been injured a little bit this year. Right. Um, but. I'm also noticing they're really figuring out a way to kind of try their hardest to get him out of the play. So whereas I know a lot of people look at it and it's an overreaction, like, oh, this guy is, you know, he's not playing as well this year. He's not that. I I tend to think that it's more about just the way offensive coordinators are really game planning against our defensive key players. Uh, What's your take on that? Because I know you've, you know, you've defended which to me you shouldn't have to defend him, but you've defended <laughs> Tremaine and you've defended other players. Um, yeah. What's your um, thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, and if and if Tremaine is wrong, and he, I mean, obviously he hasn't played to a standard. He's been injured and nicked up, and he'll be the first one to admit. If you actually interview and ask him, you know, have you played up to your standard, he'll say no. But at the same time, it's like this overreaction of let's switch him. Uh, let's get somebody else in here. Let's, you know, do this, doing that, which I get from a fan perspective. It's fandom, you're fanatic. So you're not, uh, you're emotionally so involved that you can't practically think through through your argument. So, I, I mean, I understand it. So, but being out of the game is some things that I can't, I can, I can do now. And I got to say, hey, we about to blow the Jets out. You know, nobody cares because I'm not in the locker room. Right. So right. But I feel that because I do have some knowledge, some insight that I do need to calm the fan base down or people in general, just give my, my perspective on what I'm actually seeing. Because when you watch a game and I've been victim, I think we all been, and you watch a game or even if you're playing a game, sometimes it feels much different than what actually happened. And until you go back and watch the game again and watch it more, you know, preferably on all 22, where you actually have an end zone cut, a sideline cut and can actually see what happened. And then, and then on top of that, know the call that was made. So then you understand his responsibilities. And obviously I have an additional insight of actually knowing what they're being uh, taught. So to one person who comes from a completely different scheme, it may be a negative, but if you come from the bill system, it may be a positive as far as what you're doing. And so I think people just need to pump their brakes before they try to make a positional change on somebody because they haven't necessarily played to that person's or that fan's standard, not knowing the whole intricacies. And then I think people just panic in general. So, Hey, Calm down. Two games. The dude was a, a pro bowler last year. Mm-hmm. He's banged up a little bit, dealing with some things. He's going to be okay. And that's just for any time you evaluate any type of player. And that's something I've tried to do even throughout my career, as far, whether it was me or the defense, when people write or say certain things. I'm like, do you know what we're being taught? 
And they'd be like, no. And I'm like, well, how can you give me an, a, a real grade or how can you provide a real opinion on something when I'm being taught something completely different than what your opinion is based on? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's all about being informed and having real information. And then you can make real arguments that make sense and not just out of nowhere. Um, and so that's kind of why I've done that um, and defended guys because people don't generally know what's going on. And then when I'm assessing other teams, I try to do the same thing and hold myself to the same standard. Yeah, I can probably tell if it's cover two, cover three, uh, man to man, and I'll give my opinion based on that. But I'm never going to tear down a guy. Oh, he needs to move positions. Yeah. When I, we don't fully know the whole story. Yeah, no, for sure. And and that's at first I, as a podcaster, let me tell you, I appreciate the fact that you are vocal about stuff because it makes it easier for me. Because like, you know, when people are like, no, nah, you don't know what you're saying. I'm like, look, I trust what Zoe says. <laughs> so right, right, it makes right, it easy because right, right. like you said, it's, it's a major overreaction. A lot of times where um, like you mentioned with Tremaine, like a lot of people feel that he's like over pursuing or whatever and again like you said i don't know what what coach mcdermott or coach frazier is saying hey this is how we're gonna this is the game plan or this is what your assignment is right so <laughs> so we can't say like oh tremaine is horrible yeah. this year no he's probably doing yeah. what he's supposed to do right. and we just but to, okay, it, so to yeah, that, yeah. go ahead my bad it, it, and then no 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 you good but even to that point the over pursuing yeah we're taught certain angles but you plan you go. I, I just wish people could just get out there and just realize, yes, I'm super athletic, but trying to tackle an Alvin Kamara, I'm just going to name, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, all these receivers in space by yourself is not the it's not the easiest thing. So, yes, I'm trying to line myself up and I would guarantee you Tremaine is winning more times than not. But that's why you have a defense and it's not a defender, because if you do miss, you expect somebody else to be coming right behind you and cleaning you up. And even some of the best defenses have missed tackles they just got guys out there flying around hawking to the ball and that's what you need collectively to overcome some of that when it does happen but over the over over the season i would say tremaine probably wins at a lot higher clip than he's missed over pursuing once in a while when a guy decides to put on the brakes and cuts back on him man that's what i see when i watch yeah, it i definitely right. see him winning um right. like i said there are the play and you mentioned it a couple minutes ago like there are the plays that obviously on defense if you do miss an assignment, then yeah, it's a big play. So it's a bigger deal because it's normally, you know, a first down, you know, or it's normally a touchdown. So it's just right. a different reaction. But to right. your point about the film, I wanted to ask you about last week's game just a little bit because um, Patrick Mahomes in the, uh, and then from here we can move on because there's a lot of good. I don't want to sound like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm negative there's on my team. I love my right. squad. So, um, but Pat Mahomes was talking about how they ran the ball well. And he said that um, there were holes, holes there that, you know, they just chose to run the ball. But if he chose to pull the ball back and throw the ball, the passing lanes were there as well. Um, did you see that as like when you watched it back or um, what do you what was your assessment yeah. of the game this past week? Yeah, I didn't. Well, I was really more watching it for the pass. I wasn't watching what he was seeing as far as hey, I could probably could hit these guys as well. Let's just run the ball. I, I don't know if I mean, yeah, they run the ball at a high clip. But if you could throw the ball, you know, 50 yards down the field and score, why wouldn't you? So, uh, you know, for offense and a quarterback, if it's there, you you would still do both because at some point you would think the defense would hunker down on the run. Mm -hmm. So just from just from uh, just for me kind of thinking through that comment real quickly, I don't I don't know how true that is or not. But that's kind of my opinion on when somebody makes a statement like that that quickly after a game. Uh, Why why won't you pass the ball more then? Why didn't you have 500 yards passing if both of them were there? 
because you are a prolific quarterback, right? So, but that's neither here nor there. I, I would have to watch it back to give you a real true assessment. Uh, but as far as the run game, when I watched it, that's what I was kind of looking at. And it's just, again, I mean, guys, whether it's a D lineman getting scooped or getting two headed. And so what that means is if you line up in the A gap uh, and they're running the ball away from you, uh, that means um, the guard gets across your face and puts you in the B gap, which happens from time to time. But then the linebacker wasn't able to make up for him. So essentially now you have two guys in the B gap. Um, or you may have um, a linebacker or a safety think they see something and they don't come and fit their, their proper gap. They guess instead of just, you know, just running to their gap and playing good technique and, and uh, making tackles. So um, and, and on those plays, they happened on that fourth and one play where the guy hit the, his head on the goal post. Um, that was a touchdown. Um, you know, just people not being in their gaps. And it's and it's and it's it's simple. But sometimes it's, it's it's easier said than done, especially when 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 um when you're bleeding, right? You're like, man, I gotta fix this, I gotta fix it, and you try to do too much, mm-hmm. and you just cut yourself again, uh, because you're trying to do somebody else's job, and that's what happened. And then they got frustrated, and then penalties start to insert. and then with even with all of that, they still had an opportunity to win the game, but they could never get off the field on third. Some some of those third down and criticals, you know, you think about the Patrick Mahomes run. Um, there. Um, so as, as, as bad as it seemed as they played, they still was in a position to possibly uh, win that game. And, you know, and then also, you know, when you're playing those type of teams, every time you have an opportunity to score, you have to score. And so, you know, the missed field goal, I think, played a big part of it as well. Um, just by having some points on the board gives confidence, obviously, obviously going into halftime. So there's a, a lot of different things just outside of the defense that just wasn't working. Um, obviously, offense two not playing complimentary football. The offense wasn't clicking, so defense was out there even more. Um, so it's just a lot of things. You know, you can't just point to one thing. There's a lot of things that overlap to allow you to win a game or lose a game. Um, but definitely want to see this week just guys just just being fundamentally sound. I try to do too much, just coming down in their gap, fitting their gap up. You know, replacing guys as a linebacker as you should when a guy gets scooped out of his gap as a defensive lineman, and just playing downhill and physical. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing them play downhill and physical, uh, you know, against the Jets because it's a it's a week where the fan base needs a, a pump. We need some uh some positivity, man. There's so much negativity right. going on, and it's like, look, you guys are overreacting for real. Like we're foreign to, and part of the so the transition I want to make now. Uh, what's your thoughts about Josh, man? Like this dude. They completely and I've been like this summer. I'm like, yo, he's gonna have a gear. I'm talking to all these other uh, podcasters in different markets, and I'm like, no, I'm telling you, man, Josh is the dude. He's the he's the he's my guy, and he's really doing it. So I, I look like a genius, man. What are right. your thoughts? How do you feel about Josh this year, man? Yeah, it's not surprising at all. I mean, obviously, he's done a really great job of uh, continuing to develop, have a great understanding of the offense. Again, people just gravitate to him. So having a guy like Stefan Diggs come in and then immediately have that chemistry was no surprise to me. Um, and you know, Dave has been doing a good job of play calling and putting guys in a position and they just have a lot of weapons. And so it's always going to be hard to match up with the guys that they have. And I, you know, obviously the biggest difference in jump from year one to year two is the ability to connect on the big play. I think prior to this year, they were like 25%. And then I know at least the first four games, uh, it jumped up to like 70, 75% as far as connecting on throws 20 yards and beyond. And when you're able to do that at a high rep, you're going to score a lot of points just because defenses can't normally overcome big plays 
And a lot of those plays have actually turned into touchdowns. Um, you see the emergence of a guy like uh, Gabriel Davis balling out as a young guy. So it's just they just have so many weapons. It's like, who do we take away? And then, I mean, you stuck with, okay, we're going to double Steph. All right, then you stuck with John Brown. So once he gets healthy, you know, we stuck with John Brown, then Cole Beasley, and then the game comes alive. And I'm waiting for my man Dawson Knox to get healthy because he's another baller that can really help him. And I guess the good part of having some of these injuries early in the season that you can build some depth, let some guys behind them get some growth, but then they'll come back later in the year and really be able to hit the, the ground rolling and have a lot of guys they can depend on. Um, you know, when it comes November, December time. But Josh has done a great job of just working on his the details, um, putting the ball where it needs to be. I wish he would get down a little bit more from time to time, which it seemed like he did uh, a couple of games ago. Uh, but he just he's a baller. I mean, he's a playmaker. Um, I think he's done a great job in growing in the far as when he goes to that point, because we all want to play on the edge of being reckless. And sometimes Josh crosses over, and what Josh has learned to do is to pull himself back in within himself mm-hmm. to then finish off games. Because a lot of times when guys get to that point, they get so mentally out of it that they just they stay there. But I think he's grown from a maturity standpoint to he's able to get his back, himself back into to that groove and getting back on himself on the right side of that line. And that's helped him win a couple of games as well. Um, you know, the last couple obviously haven't been great games, but I think some of those balls that are guys, and yeah, are they right on point? No. And and I hate that narrative, right? He's he's inaccurate. And yeah, he's had some issues, but it's crazy when even when you listen to the announcers, uh, it's raining, it's, uh, Josh is inaccurate, you know, and then and then Pat Holmes does it. Yeah. Oh, 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 it must be the weather now. Oh, it's slippery. The ball is super yeah, slippery. slippery. Yeah, that was crazy what? to me. I'm like, what? You just said, but. It just goes to you know just where you start and where you have to kind of overcome because of people's perception. That was funny, but he's done a great job of working on that accuracy. Um, the last couple of games, I think, because of the losses, it's been more of a focal point. Of saying he's maybe he's kind of you know tapering off, but those are catches those guys can make, you know. And if you catch some of those balls early, I mean, some of them have just been playing out drops. A couple I mean, of them turned into interceptions. And then you look, look at, at the, it. Um, look at the catch that, that John Brown, and I get it, he was injured, but the, the touchdown right, throw. Slot, yeah. It was yeah. like perfect. That I, I've never. Right. <laughs> the inaccurate yeah. thing, come on, man. Like you right. can't make that it's, throw if you're inaccurate. Right. And it's been several times, I think, over these last couple of weeks where balls that the receivers normally catch, they haven't caught. And because of that um, lack of consistency, creating, you know, just a lack of rhythm. They haven't been able to overcome that quite yet. You know, those first four games, they were out of the gate pretty much and just doing whatever they wanted to do. Uh, so hopefully they've learned now, okay, you know, this is going to happen at some point again where we have uh, things don't go exactly right. How do we battle out of that to then overcome, you know, become like a, you know, an Aaron Rodgers type thing where they, 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 they're trash the first half and they come back or like a Russell Wilson Bad first half, come back and, and give you 30 in the second half. Patrick Mahomes, we're down 24 in a playoff game. We come back and beat you. We're down 10 in the Super Bowl. We come back and beat you. They have to get to that point now because this team is in a much different place to where you're just trying to change the culture to actually become competitive. That, that's, that part has been done. You're at the point to where you're trying to make that transition to be a, a real big-time contender and actually make a run at the Super Bowl. And those are the things that you're going to have to be able to overcome when things do go bad, how good can we be to, to 
get it fixed and overcome it and 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 um get back to who we are because those are championship caliber teams because as you play these better teams you're going to have times where you may have two or three drives offensive defensively it just doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't look right for you but how do you get back to who you are and not allow that pressure in the in the presence of that other team to to overwhelm you and consume you especially on a big stage and so i think that's where this team is at right now especially when you think about who they played the tennessee titans Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are teams you're going to see again in the playoffs. You know, yeah. I don't know what round or what it's going to look like, but you're going to have to be able to overcome um, that presence and the pressure that they're going to apply because they're good teams as well. And, well, admittingly, so my overreaction from the last two weeks, I, like there were times during the game where I felt like the team as a whole just didn't look engaged. Like it, it, you know, for me, that, that was my overreaction. But to what you just said, to your point about Josh, the thing that I like, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like, I can't even express myself about it. Josh right. is a, Josh just doesn't turn it off. Even when it seems right. like, like when you look <laughs> at it as an overreaction, it looks like, oh man, the team just don't look like they really. And then he, he just has this extra gear that he gets the other guys around him ready. And right. I just I just love that. I, I feel like on offense, um, you know, obviously we've had guys who have wanted to play and wanted to win. I, you know, I never questioned that, but it just feels different with this guy, Josh. So um, but so with that, with Josh and the offense having some success, we also see that the running game is having a little bit of a I don't, I don't want to call it a struggle because from what I see, I don't really feel like the running backs have issues. Um, we recently just released my guy Quentin Spain um, right. so strictly football you know obviously I'm not going to ask you anything outside of that but strictly football right what what effect um do you think releasing and I know he hasn't played this year for us but right, what effect yeah. do you think that has on the locker room um letting go of a veteran player like that also a guy who wanted to be here like last year when right uh, it was time for re- free agency it was like no I'm I'm here I want to be here I don't even want to yeah. look at other teams so what do you think that um, effect has on the First, the running game, and then also just the right. locker room. Um, well, I mean, because he hasn't played, I don't know what effect it's going to have on the running game. You know, I think getting John Feliciano back, and 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 you know, and how they continue that rotation because they were rotating winners forward. Uh, obviously, Spain are they going to continue to do that to work Feliciano back in? And then once he's playing at a certain level, uh, are they going to continue to rotate? You know, when I was watching the games, I thought Spain was doing a great job. Obviously, I'm not an offensive line coach, so I don't know what else was going on behind, you know, the scene, because right. when things like this happen, it's, you know, a lot of times, especially with a veteran, it's more about relationships and, mm-hmm. and how, how are you seeing most of, you know, since you're getting released, it's more about, you know, your coaches and what that relationship looks like as far as what you're doing day to day and what you feel and what they feel. Um, I know because of the presence that he had, the relationships that he had from a player's perspective, um that guys obviously talked about it and like man whatever however they felt about it expressed that you know with themselves within the locker room as guys always do about whatever's going on um but that's not gonna uh, be a, a big enough distraction to move them away from being able to go out there and compete at a high level mm-hmm. um and so hopefully it was done in a way where it was communicated with the issue was what was going on and so everybody understands you may not agree but at least you understand and it was up front and at the end of the day that's the only the best way you can do it so that you don't start having guys um questioning uh your leadership 
or your intentions as a position coach or a head coach. And so that's why communication is key. And this is why, you know, football is a relationship business, like most businesses. And when you ever feel like things weren't done up to par without without clear communication, that can leave room for guys not really buying in completely. And so you need buy-in from everybody at all levels if you ultimately want to get to where you want to go, you know, especially from your premier guys and guys that you count on because they're going to be able to extend your message into the locker room. Um, and so I, so I say all that to say I don't know exactly what went on. Hopefully it was done the right way so that stuff doesn't trickulate to other people's mindset and they like, man, I don't know. And then maybe you lose a guy in free agency based on how this situation was handled because it is a relationship issue. And at the end of the day, guys need to feel like I can trust you, you know, to be, to be a part of this organization. So, I mean, but I, I mean, I really don't know, but those are the, some of the hiccups you can have, but if it's done the right way and it's upfront, guys can at least, you know, kind of move on from it, even though they may not agree with it. At least they, at least they told me what the, the truth was, you know? Right. And yeah. that's at the end of the day that all guys really want. Just tell me, tell me that, give me your honest opinion. Don't facade me like, Hey, we trying to do this. And, we just want to see. It's not about you. Hey, tell me. You know, let me know. Hey, man, you're not you're not working hard enough. Hey, man, you're not blocking well enough. Hey, man, you're not whatever. Then I can I can at least attempt to fix that or have a conversation about you, uh, with you about uh, where I think I'm at, where you think I'm at, and then how do I get to where we're both in agreement? Right. And I think when you're dealing with grown men, you have to approach it like that. You can't treat me like I'm in high school. And just do things um, without explaining it to me. Because at the end of the day, this is my livelihood. I'm passionate about it. I want to play. I put in all this hard work, um, just like you did, to become a coach. So let's talk about this. We're both grown, and let's be upfront and let's get in a room and talk about it and talk it out, clear the air, and then you can move. So that's that's the best way how you operate within the locker room, especially on the professional level, um, so that you can always have that trust built up. And really, on any level, at the end of the day. Um, but you can be more, I think, more open when you're talking with grown men. Yeah. And I, and I love Spain. Um, I'm I, I'm a vocal yeah, supporter of Spain, man. He, he's a dog. And I, I, I tweeted out yeah. to him like, yo, thank you for for being a dog for my quarterback. Thank you for, right. you know, like he he's he was really a or is a guy that, you know, I would love to keep in that locker room. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I, good luck to him going forward. Let me ask you this, and then uh, I got one more. After this, I got one more for you, and then because uh, I actually got a football game to get to myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, so with the trade trade deadline approaching and all that stuff, fans, you know, we always were used to Brandon Bean kind of pulling something out when we don't expect it. Right. Do you, if if you were in the role of Brandon Bean right now, is there a type of player or is there somebody out there right now that you would say, you know what? this guy will fit. We should, we should try to make a trade for this guy or we should, there's somebody in free agency that you would be like, he'll make yeah. a good fit. Yeah. I don't even know. Um, it's kind of hard cause there's so many guys out there. Uh, obviously, I mean, it, it seems like they're not maybe happy with, you know, pass rush or whatnot. So maybe like a guy like a Marcus Gold who ended up in Arizona may have been somebody you could have brought in. Um, and I'm just spitballing out because right, it's, right. if you're a good player, unless you're on like a bad team like the Giants, they're not going to give away good players. It just, does, it just doesn't happen. Um, then you also have to put in consideration, you know, the player that you're getting, how many years are left on their contract? Are they going to be a free agent next year? Is it a big mm -hmm. money deal? Because in, obviously with the COVID and pandemic, the hit that it's had on the economy, therefore the impact it's had on the salary cap next year. 
can you afford to continue to pay this guy's salary as well as draft guys next year, free agency guys where you want to assure up your team? And so all those things, and then you, you're going to have to give up a draft pick most likely mm-hmm. or maybe a player, who knows? So is there somebody on the market that's going to make your, your team that much better or plug a hole that you feel like you need to get to the next level that's out there that you don't already have on your roster that you would have to give this compensation for and also think about future-wise as well. And so that's what GMs, you know, most people think about the here and now, but a GM is thinking from a macro level about future, now, here, what does that cost, risk versus reward. Um, and I don't know if there's a guy out there, you know, in a that has uh, probably a lower-end salary that you can put on this roster that's going to be better than the guys that you already have here. Mm-hmm. Their issue is more about getting healthy, getting their guys back, Levi Wallace, uh, Matt Milano, you know, John Brown, getting guys healthy, uh, you know, Zach Moss, John Feliciano. So then, then you had full, you got you back to full strength and then hitting them. And I think that's their best bet. That's their essentially traded player, trading them off of the IR right back, back to onto the- this roster. You know what yeah. I mean? And so that's that's where I think this trade is going to be at this year. And you know what? We were actually blessed as a team last year. We we obviously we had an injury here or there, but for the most part, guys were healthy last season. And right. uh, this year, early on, it, it does seem like the injury bug, you know, kind of moved into one Bills drive and and you know taking some time to relax. So we hopefully we get these guys back soon because, like you said, yeah, um, Milano, it's a completely different team when he's on the field. It's just different. Right. And to that point, I think it, 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 that even speaks more too because they didn't have an off season. They weren't uh, at, at one Bills live mm-hmm. yeah. or drive. Uh, it, it, it speaks to the people from Eric Ciano's team, uh, you know, Jason Osvard, uh, how uh, Will to all the Joes that are in the sports science to Joe Mika that's in um, the athletic training room and Nate. That whole crew, as far as the services and, and what that building means to getting guys prepared and ready to play a football season. They didn't have access to that stuff this year. They didn't have access to the daily wisdom so guys can maybe catch something early when they're working out, like, oh, I'm having some hamstring tightness. Oh, okay, well, let's put this this protocol together to get your hips right or, you know, to maybe loosen up your quads, whatever it may be for that specific individual to help them overcome it. So I think it speaks more to that than anything else, just a wealth of knowledge and expertise that the Bills have invested in from um from a, a people perspective as well as a facility didn't, didn't the bills win the award last year for that too like the um yeah yeah they won yeah. like the, the trainers award which rightfully so um, yeah they do an excellent job up there as far as all the services and what they and what they bring the guys yeah so i mean you know like you said it, it's a it's a temporary situation that we're in with injuries um they're not long term i think our guys are going to get back healthy and we're going to hopefully I agree, man. I think this is a year that we can really make a run and, and make some noise if we have a healthy team. Like, I just – I don't see many defenses stopping our offense if Josh is who we see him to be this year. Right. And then, once, like you said, once the defense gets healthy, same thing. I, I don't expect him to be a top-two defense, like, immediately or anything. But, dude, we still got – we got dogs on that defense. Yeah, that, and you don't have to be a top-two defense to win. No. I mean, you just got to be – you got to win situations. You know, people yep. think – look at yards – that's not really the, the, the telltale sign. It's about, you know, third down uh, conversions, red zone percentage, turnovers. Mm-hmm. If you can win in those three areas and let's say you still give up 400 yards some way, somehow, which you normally won't because you're winning in those areas, then um, you're going to win a lot of games. So if you're making Pat Mahomes kick 
you know, every time he gets down to the end zone and they get down there four times in the red zone, uh, you make them kick field goals three out of the four times, you have an opportunity to win that game. Yeah. Because now your offense can outscore them. And so those are the things that you have to focus on and see whether or not our defense is progressing. You know, look at the third down uh, um, percentages. You know, are they putting teams in third and long? Are they making teams kick field goals in the red zone? And then the type of turnovers that they're getting. If our defense starts really excelling in those three areas, they'll, they'll be fine. And it's something that they can do because, like you said, they have the guys on that roster and they'll be getting guys back here soon too, which will help out immensely. All right. Well, lastly, man, um, I, I caution Bills fans th- a lot this week, a lot this week that um, I've, I, although we're facing the 0-6 Jets this week, those guys are professionals and it's the NFL. Yeah. And um, I know they're like, cause you know, John Brown appears to like, he's out and you know, a couple of other injuries. And it's like, Oh yeah, just sit yeah. guys. Like it's fine. Just like sit seven them. or so guys. Right. It's like, look, okay. I understand. Like you, we feel yeah. like the Jets are our <laughs> six. It's right, the NFL. Yeah. What are you looking forward to this weekend as seeing a response from the team as far yeah. as, you know, cause we're, you know, the last two weeks we're on to um, yeah. this, this I, has to me, it, this has every, it, it looks like a trap game. It right. just looks like, yeah. It. I definitely agree with you on that. This is what I say. I say, guys, when you're in the league, you don't have the um, uh, what is the privilege of wasting opportunity, and so you, unless you're you're injured. And for me, there's always a line between being hurt and injured. And I'm more of an old school cup player. You know, I came up in the late '80s, early '90s, before we've had this cultural shift in our society or and especially football when it comes to like low management and mm-hmm. you know the right thing. So I would I you know so I, I've learned how to play probably injured in some cases, but hurt borderline injured. And that's just my mentality. And maybe because I was undrafted, maybe because I've been cut, like I wasn't going to give miss out on the opportunity to go out there and perform and help my team. And plus your team needs your best players at all times because losing to the Jets is an AFC game could potentially mess up your seating. So mm-hmm. let's say the team goes on a rail and they end up 13 and three, but lose to the Jets. Another team is 13 and three. And because the AFC loss and they may have an NFC loss, they get the number one seed. So you cannot take mm-hmm. these games for granted for what they mean in the bigger picture either. So um, with that said, um, you still need to go out and treat the Jets who the Jets have shown themselves to be in 0-16. And when you have that mentality, you're going out there, hey, this I'm going out here to prove a point, not like, oh, no, I'm going out here to dominate mm-hmm. and, you know, from start to finish. And that's what I expect to see. Hopefully the coaches, you know, because offensive defense, I, I really can't think of anybody that is just straight dominant. So it's not like you have to game plan for anybody specifically. Um, and that's mainly because they're – why they're 0-6 because they, they've lost a lot of their talent. Mm-hmm. So just have simple game plans, go out there, execute. That's the number one thing. Playing physical, playing smart football, and playing downhill, and just beat this team up and dominate them. And when I say that, I don't mean you're going to beat them by three touchdowns. You can dominate a team and it still be 24 to 10. Yeah. You know, that's a dominant game. Um, and so that's what I want to see. This is to control the game from start to finish. There's never no panic or, oh, we got to – this last drive to, to to score to win, or we have to make this last drive to stop. This game should be in hand, you know, and understood that it's won in the fourth quarter. 
Um, and, and what you're doing is closing out, you know, right? You're in four minute drill, um, closing this game out, running the ball down their throats and making them stop you um, to get off the, off the field. And that's, that's what I expect. That's what this team is capable of doing with the talent they have. And that's the mindset they need to have. So you can start regaining some of that swag back because yeah. when you have losses, you start feeling bad. It ain't the same, you know, uh, but when you win and you know, you up here swagging out, balling, doing things better than what you thought. And you need to do that as your season progresses um, and build on that, especially with, you know, knowing who you're playing next week. And that's more of a coach's mindset. Players right. have to focus on this game, but knowing that the teams you're going to start to play, you have to start having that swag too, because that adds to your performance and what you're going to do just naturally by doing your job. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you um, taking the time out this morning and talking to me. Uh, do you have anything going on outside of your like, I know you're going to do your uh, your coaching right. thing this morning, but I mean, yeah, do you have anything yeah, that you yeah. want people to know about? I know um, your charity, uh, again, does great work. Right. Anything you want to yeah. plug here? So the biggest thing, you know, we got the ACES Foundation, Lorenzo Alexander Award, if you want to continue to stay uh, involved and up to date. Obviously, COVID has put a big uh, damper on the stuff that we've been able to do. What I hopefully want to do in the near future is bring a couple of kids out to Phoenix from Buffalo, you know, the South Park community that I work with and as well as some other high school kids um, and train them and do like a week long uh, mentoring program training, show them Phoenix, get them out of Buffalo, just show them something different. I think that's always important for our young people. Um, and then on top of that, been working with a community uh, with an organization called Black Black Lives at Cal, trying to make hold our institutions and really starting at Cal because that's where I graduated from. Mm -hmm. um, for our student athletes overall, but particularly our Black student athletes, making sure um, that they don't they're not just commodities, right? But we are also in uh, developing and growing uh, productive uh, human beings that are mm -hmm. going to be great in society, and so. Um, it's all student athletes, particularly our black student athletes, because they don't graduate the same rate. They don't get the same jobs at the same rate when they leave. Um, and they are a huge percentage of obviously our black uh, percentage of our student athletes in the money making sports that are serving normally the entire university. Um, so I'm making sure that we're taking care of the people that are taking care of, of us from an institution standpoint. Um, and then lastly, hey, just get out and vote. I uh, just want to encourage everybody. Obviously, we're, I think, a little under two weeks now um, as far as um, voting. Um, me and my mom last night were sitting, going through our judges, you know, looking up and seeing who's had good reviews. And, you know, so do that for your Congress, your Senate, your mayor. Do all those things so you're not just circling a dot uh, uh, next to Republican because that individual is a Republican or a Democrat, but actually know who you're standing with. Um, and how they feel and the people you are, because, so then you can hold their feet to the fire as we progress through the next, um, until the next election cycle, you know, next, you know, two years or so, and then obviously four years for presidential. So please do that. Obviously have, allow your voice to be heard and then continue that process by your activism in the community and supporting the people around you, which I know Buffalo does great um, anyway. So um, yeah, so that's what I got. That's what I'm doing. And that's kind of what I'm, you know, all about right now, especially with the with the voting or the election um, um, right uh, in front of us. OK. And well, if there's any way I can get involved with the um, anything that you're doing with the children out here, because, you know, like I said, I'm in Phoenix, too. So anything okay. I can do to help where, where out. Where you man, at in Phoenix? Where you at? Where you at? I'm north. I'm in uh, like Anthem, Dove Valley. I'm like 40 minutes north okay. of the city. But, right, but yeah. yeah. 
for real, anything y'all got going on, I'm, I'm more than willing and, and able to help out. And then, let, man, I love your relationship with your moms too. Yesterday, y'all, or maybe it was two <laughs> days ago, y'all posted a video of working out. That's so yeah, awesome. Yeah, That's yeah, dope, yeah. No, it's been, it's been good. I, you know, I haven't really been around my mom since getting into the league, you know, 15 years and never really been in California outside of one year. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that she lives in Arizona now. We moved her from Oakland to, to Arizona. And so she'll be at the games, all the games, soccer games and football so games cool, today, man. hanging out. Yeah, and it's so cool because I was the only child. And those are the things that you um, sometimes take for granted. Yeah. Um, but realize as you become a parent and you get older, um, how cool it is to have uh, your parents around, especially I've had some grandparents pass recently. So just having your parents around so that your grand, so that your kids can experience their wisdom and who they are and figure out why you are the way you are. Yeah. Oh, that's why daddy does that. Cause grandma <laughs> or Nana does that, you know? So that's, it's, it's, it's cool to see. <laughs> well, Hey man, keep doing what you, cause I'm telling you, you're an inspiration for real. And even with you not being in a league right now, cause I, I got to, feeling that I, I'm gonna keep begging you to come back like everybody else will but <laughs> you keep doing what you're doing man you're an inspiration I love watching the relationship that you two have and hey go Bills take care man yeah, go Bills appreciate you brother thank you to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.